Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome to the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel or podcast, however you are turning in. I'm Derek Tate. You can find me on Twitter or formerly known or per- currently known as X, uh, Derek Tate NFL. That's Kyle Soppy. You can find him at Kyle Soppy PFN. But we have one of my favorite people in the fantasy football industry as a special guest to talk some trade targets here today. That is Lauren Carpenter. You can find her at Stepmom Lauren on X. She is a fantasy football analyst over at FTN. Lauren, this is the way to properly bring you in on Halloween uh, 2023. How are you doing today? I, lo- I like the outfit, by the way. I am so great. Um, I don't know how I'm able to kick so much butt when this in this helmet because I can't breathe and I can't see anything. So I'm not exactly sure how I become such a badass, um, you know, killing everything. So this is only going to last for a few minutes because I like to see and breathe. And there's a button over here somewhere. Hang on. I'm a Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Mandalorian. All right. Okay. Enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) Does it have a button in there that like? There is. There's a button on the side and it's impossible to find. So it just it looks silly. So I'm just I just had it on there for fun. So I'm I'm a Mandalorian. (laughs) <laughs> your, your outfit's a lot better than mine on Halloween. I still have this just sitting in my uh, in my closet. This, by the way, is not an alcoholic drink because I don't drink when I fly. Soppy, how are you? What are you for Halloween this year? Are you a witch, the Wicked Witch of the West? Yeah, sure. I, I'm more of a whatever you could find in your attic kind of situation. So it's like a kitchen sink uh, costume here, but that's what we're rolling with. I'm ready for the week to begin here. We're past week eight here. We are moving in the right direction on the second half of the fantasy season. Let's go. Yeah, get this rolling like Dante Culpepper, circa 2005. Anyway, point is, if this is your first time coming across the YouTube channel, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button, pay homage to the Lord Algorithm, all that fun stuff. Click the bell so you get the ding, ding, ding every single time we drop a new bit of content here on the Fantasy YouTube channel. And if you don't want to stare at my terrible costume for the next 30 minutes, you can also check us out, audio version, however you digest your podcast. Just leave us a review. We really appreciate all the love and support. Before we jump into the trade targets, and it's kind of apt that we're having a trade target discussion on the NFL trade deadline day today at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But let's jump into our rest of season risers. Fallers. We'll start with the risers. Sapi, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who's the number one player that's rising up your fantasy ranks heading into week number nine? I'm looking at the running back position to go in Chuba Hubbard. I mean, for the Panthers, they just brought in a new, or not brought in, but they elevated Thomas Brown to be their play caller. And all he did was feature Hubbard. I mean, he had 17 touches against the Texans. They got their first win of the season. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so much in Carolina has been broke up to this point. So why fix anything now that you finally got the win? He wasn't great because he's not a great running back, but he's the lead in this offense now. And if you can get me that kind of role into a flex position, they've still got games against the Bears, the Titans, the Packers, the Falcons. There's some favorable spots on that schedule left for this Carolina offense to at least remain competitive and committed to the run. So Chuba Hubbard moving into the top 24 conversation the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah, speaking of broke, his name is Miles Sanders. So by default, Chuba Hubbard has to be the RB1 for the Panthers. Nothing to write home about, but also nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, Miles Sanders just making me smile or frown. Excuse me, not smile. His fantasy <laughs> performances have not made me smile. I'm in a good mood on this on this podcast because we got Lauren Carpenter and Kyle Sapi that I get to you know talk some fantasy football with. But Miles Sanders has made me very sad. Chuba Hubbard is certainly with his usage in Week Eight. Certainly someone that is rising up boards. Miss Carpenter, who is your rest of season riser as we ha- approach Week Number Nine? It is about time that this young man finally showed up. We had to cut his hair and then you know let it kind of <laughs> sit for a few minutes. It's Joe Burrow. 
Joe Burrow's finally back. He's making everyone else so fantasy relevant. Thank you, Jesus. His name is Jamar Chase as well. I love how this is all rolling. Even Joe Mixon had himself a pretty decent game. I don't know how because he's terrible at football. But um, I'm kidding. I know, I know. Very spicy take, I know. But if his efficiency would get better, I would love him just a, you know, a, a hair more than in the basement. So Joe Burrow is my riser for the rest of the season, and it's really good to see him back. NFL needs him. So we're talking about the offenses. We, we were soppy picked one on one of the, you know, probably least exciting offenses in the league as far as the rest of season riser. This We've seen what the Cincinnati Bengals offense is capable of, in particular that passing attack, if Joe Burrow was right. Joe Burrow looked right. He was able to move around, even scramble, buy some time. He looked the part of an MVP caliber quarterback. So I'm all on board with Burrow going to the frickin' moon down the back half of the 2023 NFL season. Let's go. Soppy, let's go. Rest of season faller. So we got to Oh, do we have change. to do this? This is change, sad. Change the Come tone on, of Derek. voice a little bit. Soppy, okay. who's your rest of season faller uh, heading into week nine? Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be a guy we put on the other side of this list like a week ago here. Jordan Addison, Kirk Cousins out of the mix, obviously, with the Achilles. I don't know what this offense is going to look like. Justin Jefferson's back in a week. K.J. Osborne's still making plays, earning targets. I, I worry about how efficient, how potent this offense is going to be without Kirk Cousins. So I'm I'm sorry. Those that invested heavily in Jordan Addison or he's been carrying you for the past couple of weeks, I think we're, I think we're in trouble here. Over 57% of his fantasy points prior to the Jefferson injury came on touchdowns. And I don't think touchdowns are going to be something you're going to find much over the final two months. Yeah, big plays and touchdowns is what Addison had been relying on, and I don't see that in his future. No. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to get some answers. Unfortunately, the one place that's very tough to get on the trade deadline is a quarterback that's competent yeah. that you feel comfortable. Just You can't really just insert a quarterback in unless they have familiarity with the system. We'll see if it's Nick Mullen, Jaron Hall. Either way, the answers don't exactly feel like the ceiling is going much higher than what we've seen over the last two weeks. 14 receptions, 205 yards, and three touchdowns over the last three weeks. Unfortunately, we'd probably expect rougher days ahead for Jordan Addison. Lauren... Who do you got as the rest of season faller uh, heading into the back half of the 2023 NFL season? Yeah, this breaks my heart because this was a quarterback I was very high on coming into the season, and he started off very, very promising and then plummeted back down to earth. It's Jordan Love is falling in my enthusiasm ranks. Uh, he's just not looking good on the field. I mean, even though he puts up interesting fantasy numbers, like he'll be a QB5 and then he's a QB12 and then it's – I, uh, if you just look at the box score, it's kind of like, eh. but if you watch him on the field, it's like, mm, this is only Blake getting Bortles. worse. It's, it, it is. It's really bad. So, I'm, unfortunately, Jordan Love is a faller for me rest of season, and I don't like it. I Can like you feel the love? I don't feel it. Uh, no, I don't no feel it anymore. I don't feel it yeah. anymore for Jordan Love. And, yeah. and I don't want to go too tape nerd here a little bit because I was actually high on Jordan Love, how he looked Same. in the preseason, how he looked, you know, kind of, kind of to start the season. He looked comfortable in this offense. He obviously had the familiarity playing behind Aaron Rodgers. But the problem is he's playing himself. He's playing so poorly in the first half that he's playing himself into bad game scripts, which is the only reason why he's finding a way to, you know, salvage his fantasy performances. Uh, it does not look good in particular in dynasty. I, I I'm getting off of Jordan love very, 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 very quickly. So I'm with you. The rest of the Packers offense is also another one that I've been fading all week long. Now let's go ahead and jump into trade targets. We got the NFL trade deadline today, but we don't have a trade deadline, hopefully not in your fantasy football league for week number nine. So let's go ahead and try to figure out exactly 
some of the trade targets that we want to go ahead and target. I've said the word target a lot. Sapi, I'm going to stop talking. So who is your number one running back to target this week in trades uh, in week number nine? It's going to be Tony Pollard for me, and part of that's because I'm stubborn as hell and I'm ready to die on this hill. I mean, the guy has one top 10 finish this I saw this, this year. and had a double take. I was like, really? yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going after him. He's got one top 10, and I, I've got him as a top 10 guy easily the rest of the way, maybe a top five ranking the rest of the season. The bye week's behind him. He's on pace for 325 touches. You can't tell me that a guy that – all we had, all we knew about Pollard coming into the season was how efficient, how explosive he was. And now he's getting 325 touches, and he's going to have one top 10 finish. Like, that makes no sense to me. They've had some weirdo game scripts in Dallas. They've only had two games this season decided by fewer than 20 points. And we're in we're going to be in November. Like, that's crazy. That's not going to sustain. The closer these games are, the less they're going to want to put the ball in the hands of Dak Prescott. To me, that means a lot of Tony Pollard, and hopefully he walks into some touchdown luck sooner rather than later. Lauren, anything on, on Tony Pollard? Yeah, I, I get the argument for sure. I think the one thing that I'm a little bit nervous on on that is this trade deadline today. Uh, their run game has been a little anemic, so if they do pick up anybody, I have sure. I would not go after Tony Pollard. That's just a, a, just a nitpicky caveat. No, no, no. I want to do that. But uh, we're going to talk about Dak Prescott a little bit later, too. So Just a little bit. Just a little bit. If you scroll bit. down the show, Doc, you guys don't have access to that on here on YouTube. You know, wink, wink. But anyway... So when it comes to Tony Pollard, currently the running back 16, Soppy, um, and hasn't had a top 10 finish in PPR formats since week one. No. Uh, just some concern. I know that we, we we talked about how the usage has been there, but, you know, there's also something to be said. I mean, think back all the way to Lamar Miller once upon a time, who was highly efficient yeah, in a complimentary role as, for, as the Miami Dolphins, got a full-time opportunity with the Houston Texans, and the efficiency dropped. And it seems like some of that may be in play. Tony Pollard in a bell cow role has been a little bit disappointing. So I'm going to ask you real one quick question. Amon Ross St. Brown for Tony Pollard. Would you do that trade, Sabi? I'd probably hang on to St. Brown. The floor is so high there, and you're chasing a similar ceiling, so you're you're getting access to a floor that I like in that situation. But a similar tier, I still go St. Brown, though. Gotcha. Lauren, who's the number one running back to buy in Week 9? This is going to be on a very limited, small window, but I want to bring this name up. It's Kenneth Walker. Uh, we saw Zach Chardonnay, as I like to refer to him, or Zach, you know, Cabernet, depending on what mood I'm in. Um, it's Zach Charbonnet for everyone. I do know how to say his name. Uh, he came into this role, and in the uh, most recent week, I should say, week, um, what week are we on? Gosh, I'm losing time. Week eight. And uh, started making his presence known. So I, I don't know if Kenneth Walker managers may be getting a little bit nervous that this could be a timeshare uh, situation moving forward. I think even if it is, I still think Kenneth Walker is going to have the majority or the line share of that timeshare between he and Zach Charbonnet. But I think this could be a time where you can get someone who can get you some fantasy points in Kenneth Walker, although his efficiency is not that awesome either. But running backs are very difficult to come by. So I don't mind this situation in Kenneth Walker. Geno Smith has not been looking top notch. So I think they are going to put it in the hands of their running backs in order to get first downs and in order to get points in the, you know, when they finally make it to the red zone. <laughs> I've, uh, I've had a few Chabonets. What of it? A little, I know. Uh, a little big Whatever. daddy reference there. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, you know, Kenneth Walker is certainly an intriguing name running back seven currently, but the snap count last week and, and look, it's worth noting that, 
Kenneth Walker did appear on the injury report dealing with calf injury last week. Now, he didn't have a designation for the game in the actual contest, but the snap count kind of bears out that maybe Walker wasn't 100%. Charbonnet, 33 snaps to Walker's 24, then routes run, Charbonnet, 22 to Walker's 11, and then opportunities, Walker, 10 to Charbonnet, 7. So I'm, I'm still on board that Kenneth Walker is probably the back to play and probably going to be the highest scoring fantasy back in the Seattle backfield as long as Walker's healthy. But right now, with him being the running back seven currently, would you trade a player like Keenan Allen to go and get Kenneth Walker if you are a believer in his fantasy value for the rest of the season? I think if I have enough wide receiver depth, I won't mind that. The other caveat, well, I'm saying caveat a lot. We're just going to repeat words on the show. It'll be super fun. Yay, Halloween. One thing I will throw out on there, too, is people did not spend a first and second round draft pick on Kenneth Walker, so it may be a little bit easier to move them off of Kenneth Walker because they don't have that huge draft investment. Um, but if I have enough wide receiver depth and I am desperate for a running back with all these questionable tags we have going into each and every week, it seems like, I wouldn't mind doing that. I would not mind doing that, especially with the way the Chargers, a.k.a. Braden Staley, are, uh, you know, going with that offense. I wouldn't mind moving a piece like that if I really need running back help. Wide receiver depth, yes. Running back help, yes. Go get Kenneth Walker for Keenan Allen. I made it. Caveat. Target. Repeat words. The host. The host set the pace here. It's my I do this for a living, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Soppy, running back number one to sell heading into week number nine. I'm going to move on from Raheem Mostert, and I'll get rid of him a week early instead of a week I'm late so kind of thing here. I'm so mad at you here. for this. I'm interrupting you, Soppy, and I am so mad at okay. you for this because he is my number one running back to move away from as soon as possible. So it verklempt me so much that I was like, I can't even think of another running back that even plays in the NFL. Like, I, my mind was mush. I had to message Chris Meany and Jake Seeley, my co-host, and I'm like, I need help, brain no worky. Ah! And I had to go through basically a think tank to come up with somebody because you stole my it's player. A, and I'm, hey, I'm nothing really if not a gentleman. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm nothing if, if not a gentleman. Lauren, you give us the case. Why is Raheem Moster a nice sell right now? Hi, there's one name. It's it's Devon Chan. I said it right. Yes. You did. I know. It's Devon Chan. Yeah. And um, Jeff Wilson Jr. is also starting to really make his splash, which should not be unexpected considering there's the whole Mike McDaniel history that's going on there. But Devon Chan is an absolute beast. Move him as soon as possible. Quickly. Yeah. Now, as in like right now, go to your phone and start making these these trades. No argument for me. Soppy stamp of approval right there. I, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. Assuming. I mean, A-Chan wasn't even active last week, and Moster had only 50% of the running back touches. To me, this is a committee on top of a committee on top of a committee, and that's not what I'm looking for. The offense is great, but you can't tell me he's going to get the valuable touches. That's what I want. You can sell him now before it's too late. I was going to say, since he has been kind of trending down over the last two weeks, just 16 fantasy points uh, over the last two games, I'm kind of wondering what his market is, even though his, you know, he's the running back three overall right now in fantasy football. So would you trade Raheem Mostert for someone like Mike Evans, Sabi? Yep. Got it. Christian Kirk, Lauren? Yes. Take- Yep. Okay. Got it. Yep. Lauren, number one running back to sell, even though Soppy stole stole yours. Who else do you got that fantasy managers should consider selling heading into week nine? I mentioned this name very tongue in cheek. I don't I don't hate anybody. But um if you have the opportunity to do so, take advantage of Joe Mixon's pretty decent week and try to sell him. Um there's a lot of issues that are going on with him, you know, on the field as well as off the field. But, you know, the on the field stuff, it's it just feels like this is so hit or miss. He has that name value, but 
not the fantasy value. So now that he's had a good game, I would say capitalize on both of those things. His playoff schedule for the fantasy playoffs is atrocious. It is absolutely terrible. So I would say try to get as much value out of him now as you can and, and move, move, move along from Joe Mixon if you're able to. His 20 fantasy points in week eight were a season high, and yep. he is currently the running back 20. But Soppy, we, we, we saw, I mean, you, you're high on Joe Burrow. We we saw a healthy Joe Burrow. He looks right. So did T. Higgins. So did Jamar Chase. We know what this offense is capable of, Soppy. Uh, are you on board with selling Mixon, or do you feel like better days are ahead? I'm just real curious. I know you were super high on heading him heading into the season, and this was a very encouraging performance. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of where do you want to draw the line here? What can you get for him? It's a price-sensitive kind of thing for me. If you can sell him at, like, a top 10 running back value because of the big week, like Lauren's saying, I'm with it. If you have to sell him for what he's done this season, then I think you're kind of selling a little low. But Like, I think he's better than what he where he ranks now moving forward, but I don't think he's what he was last week for the rest of the year. So someone like Michael Pittman, would you trade Joe Mixon for Michael Pittman or Mike Evans or Christian Kirk, kind of those wide receivers that fall like between 11 and 20 on a weekly basis? I, I would have, do Michael Pittman in another piece. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was, I was going to yep. say I have Pittman a little bit Stop lower it, than you and guys. I are on the same page. Yeah, I know. How are you I in my head? And the host didn't specify who was supposed to answer that question. That is on me. So here we go. <laughs> the host is uh, doing a terrible job right now, but he's going to keep this – you know, wagon moving a little bit with an underdog promo. The NFL season just keeps on rolling, which means we got to talk about some really cool, exciting, new, exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can just click the link in your description, a deposit match of up to $500. Now, I don't have $500 to play around with because buying, you know, two children, um, Halloween costumes, but you should take advantage of it. Plus, a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick'em lobby. I think you're going to go ahead and want to take advantage of that, so sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of that ridiculous awesome offer today we are moving along here on this trade target podcast to talk some wide receivers uh kyle soppy who's the number one wide receiver to buy heading into week number nine i think it's gonna a little bit of a trust fall here with george pickens but we have the kenny pickett injury that puts mitch trubisky potentially in a spot here and i think people are gonna overreact like you're gonna see the jordan addison you're gonna see idiots like me telling you to sell jordan addison because he can't produce with kirk cousins off the field but i don't think the drop off between pickett to Trubisky is really that that dramatic here I mean we saw Trubisky come in for obviously very limited sample last week but the eight out was 20 percent higher than that of Pickett and we know Pickens runs down the field plenty Deontay Johnson is going to continue to vacuum in those short targets everything in that short passing game seems seems sustainable that puts Pickens in a spot he's going to be boom or bust he's going to be like a poor man's Gabe Davis don't get me wrong but I do think there's a chance here that people could overreact to the quarterback situation. They get Pickens at a little bit of a discount. All right. Well, I mean, he's the wide receiver 28 currently right now. Um, the usage against the Jacksonville Jaguars was a little bit concerning-ish. He only saw five targets to De Deontay Johnson's 14. So real quick, Soppy, would you trade? I don't know. Gus Edwards has had back-to-back -back monster weeks. But would you trade someone like Gus Edwards for Pickens if you're a believer in him for the rest of the season? That would take a real specific lineup build because if you're getting rid of Edwards, you're probably pretty shallow on running backs now. So I would hold Edwards in a spot like that, but you're in the right tier. It's, it's a comfortable flex play consideration for me. 
I love when Safi tells me I'm in the right tier. It just makes yeah, me, gives me the feel good. Yeah, so my cape's <laughs> even flying around. I love it. All right. Lauren's number one wide receiver to buy heading into week number nine. Who you got? There's actually a lot of options that are on the table for wide receivers to buy, but I'm going to go a little bit spicy. I'm going Garrett Wilson. That's right. Garrett Ooh. Wilson, New York Jets. Okay. I know. So this, of course, we have we have our, our Zach Wilson and our Garrett Wilson, the Wilson conundrum that we have going on right now. But even though this is a, a situation that is evolving with Zach Wilson, he is improving, um, getting better every single week, but his security binky is... Garrett Wilson. So I really like getting him because I think you can get him from pretty cheap. And last week he had a hundred yards. I mean, it was 10 fantasy points and have and have PPR scoring. So I think you can acquire the number one wide receiver for the Jets. And I think as the season progresses, they really want to win. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of feelsies, goodsies in that locker room right now. And I do not mind having Garrett Wilson because you know he's going to see the targets. And he is capable, as we saw, of literally taking the football out of the defense's hands in the end zone and be like, no, thank you. This is my touchdown now. Appreciate it. And that is a very rare talent in Garrett Wilson. So I do not, I do not mind buying buying into a pieces of Garrett Wilson if I can get him. As much as it's concerned me about Zach Wilson taking over the starting quarterback role, and while it has capped Wilson's ceiling for a good part of the season, right? We're starting to see some movement in the right direction and the needle pointing up for Garrett Wilson. We really shouldn't ignore it. Three out of the four last games for the New York Jets, he has seen 12 or more targets. So he's getting peppered. He's getting the volume, which you'll take no matter what the situation is. And then over the last two games, you, you already mentioned, Lauren, that he went over 100 yards in one of them. And then wide receiver 16 and wide receiver 17 over the last two games. So he's back in that wide receiver two conversation. And if Wilson continues to improve and you start getting some touchdown equity, certainly Garrett Wilson can start kind of sneaking in a top 10 performance here and there. So I will ask you this question. Would you trade Rashad White right now for Garrett Wilson? If, of course, dependency. If you're okay at running back, sure. But I do think that's a great that's a, that's a great tier swap right there. Is someone like Rashad White in that tier for Garrett Wilson? Uh, absolutely. Yes, I would do that. Gotcha. All right, so we're flipping the hat, flipping the script now. Soppy, number one wide receiver to sell heading into week number nine. Real quick on the Garrett Wilson angle here. I mean, you mentioned Zach Wilson, and if he improves, if he improves, that's great. If he sucks, then that's okay, too, because they bring back Aaron Rodgers faster. So you've got avenues, exactly. to, you've got avenues <laughs> to success, success there for Mr. Garrett Wilson. I'm going to go with the wide receiver one on a poor offense that I don't have as much <laughs> faith in. I'm with Lauren. Garrett Wilson could trend in the right direction here. DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, let's let's get this over and done with here. He scored three times on three bombs. Derek, I, I see you're concerned here. Whatever. He's three three touchdowns last week. You told me Will Levis wasn't any good. I'll take your word for it. You watch a lot more tape than I do. He had three touchdowns on his previous 156 targets. You can't tell me that DeAndre Hopkins all of a sudden is going to be a double-digit touchdown guy. I get that there's juice left. But this Levis situation isn't going to be this easy, this quick. His points per pass, all that good stuff, looked a lot like Jordan Love early this season. I worry that you could get some air let out of the balloon sooner than later. Traylon Burks is back in the mix. I'm not betting on this Tennessee pass game any more than I have to. And now he gave me an excuse to sell him at a high point. You've got a future Hall of Famer with a big game behind him. To me, there's no better time to sell D-Hop than right now. Lauren, any thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins before I kind of just I want to add a little bit of context, but sure. I'm, I'm kind of curious. It, it is a monster performance that certainly 
warrant some major reconsideration. What do we do with DeAndre Hopkins right now? What are your thoughts on his big performance in week eight? You sell high, baby. I'm 100% on this train and you can't get me off it. Um, I literally texted Jake and Chris Meany. I'm like, I hate DeAndre Hopkins and I hate fantasy football. <laughs> I basically told everyone to bench DeAndre Hopkins because I didn't know with this Malik Willis, Will Levis. I want to combine their names somehow. I'm just not that clever. Um, what this was going to look like. And it ended up being like the laser arm cannon show. And I, I was so angry. I just don't know if that's sustainable. Uh, it's like the Nick Mullins situation that we had two years ago. I think it was when sure. he came out and just exploded for the 49ers and then was trash for the next like three starts that he had or something. I just don't know what to do with this. I don't trust it. So I am going to try to capitalize as much as humanly possible on DeAndre Hopkins. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think he is fantastic. Like you said, first round, first ballot Hall of Famer, not even a question. But everything in terms of fantasy, it is time to capitalize on that and get some good pieces. Yeah. So I, by the way, I, I did say, and I still believe that Will Levis has some holes in his game that he showed me at Kentucky that made me oh, concerned yeah. about him making his first NFL. But well, when you start. pass it to people's feet, that is a problem. Right, but and he, but there are some encouraging things to take away from his performance. When you look at the tape, you know, sure, the one was underthrown. It was a great adjustment by DeAndre Hopkins, but one of them also was a beautiful double move, and there was a little bit of shoulder manipulation from Will Levis, and then he dropped a bomb to DeAndre Hopkins. And the, th the third touchdown pass, uh, Soppy, was actually him appropriately reading a drive concept and getting the ball out of his hands quickly on time when D-Hop was schemed up against a linebacker underneath, and Hopkins did the rest. So there were encouraging signs, and, and more so what Levis's arm and his willingness to push the ball down the field opens up a different part of this playbook that we haven't seen previously. All that being said, it is time to sell. I'm with you guys. I just wanted to go ahead and acknowledge that it was a heck of a Ooh. performance from Will Levis. So I, I did a little flip of the script there. You did. Um, <laughs> Lauren, number one wide receiver to sell heading into week nine. I'll make this short. I'm going to go Calvin Ridley. Um, for anyone who has followed any of my work, you know how much I love Calvin Ridley, so this breaks my heart to say. But Christian Kirk is really the emergent one. Um, and then Zay Jones on the field really does make Calvin Ridley better. Uh, but again, this is way too inconsistent for you to rely on someone like Calvin Ridley moving forward. So I would say get the most you can out of Calvin Ridley and then move on from him. Um, again, I, I think I'd rather start Christian Kirk on a weekly basis mm -hmm. over Calvin Ridley. So that by itself, just say capitalize on this good game now and then move on. It was the first time that Calvin Ridley saw 10 targets in a game since week one. So wide receiver 37 certainly gives you a window if you're not quite a believer in Calvin Ridley. Moving on to quarterback and trade, uh, tight end trade targets real quick. Soppy, number one quarterback to buy heading into week nine. Yeah, and these onesie positions are just brutal in trying to do oh. this. But if we're going to go that route, Sam Howell for me is a quarterback to buy. I mean, we've seen six top 15 finishes this season. He's been a top 10 guy in three of his last four and what we hate about his receivers is exactly why I love him, because he spreads the ball around. He's not locking into any one guy. Last week alone against the Eagles, four different players saw at least seven targets. Five players caught at least five balls. That's moving the ball around. That's taking what the defense gives you. That's elevating your floor. It's not sexy. He's not going to be a top three guy anytime soon. But to put on the end of your roster, if you're struggling at the quarterback position, I think he's a good enough band-aid to get you through this week and moving forward. Talking Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, all players that have been consistent cogs in that Washington Commanders offense. QB8 currently. Crazy yeah. great year for Sam Howell so far. Lauren, number one quarterback to buy heading into week number nine. 
So I went sell Calvin Ridley, and now I'm going buy Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so Bold. this is the, and just like Sappy was saying, this is really difficult when it comes to the onesies position when we're talking about the quarterback and when we're talking about tight ends. But Trevor Lawrence has really underperformed from not only our expectations but from what we saw last season, and I don't think that that is going to continue rest of season. So over the past few weeks, he scored 14.7 fantasy points, 18, and then just almost to 15. That's not Trevor Lawrence style. So if you are hurting at the quarterback position, maybe you're in slightly deeper leagues and you do need to shore up that position. I don't mind going after someone like Trevor Lawrence, who I think has a little bit more in the tank for the rest of the season than what he's shown us so far, especially getting someone like Travis Etienne involved in the passing game as well has been pretty huge. So I think that we're working through some odd kinks so far this season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he turns this around. So he is a, he's a buy candidate for me. It's currently the quarterback 14 and that's with a, a handful of injuries but yeah with the quarterback position kind of thinning out with some injuries to big name high profile quarterbacks certainly the Jags are playing winning football right now it's just it feels like it's on the cusp of potentially Lawrence taking that jump into top 10 consideration on a weekly basis so it's just stay the course and we, we, we believe that Trevor Lawrence better days are ahead Soppy number one tight end to buy heading into week number nine I'm going to stack it up here. Give me Sam Howell's target and Logan Thomas. Why not? He's has a touchdown or at least a touchdown or at least six targets in five of seven games this season. He did both last week. And listen, the ceiling, just like Sam Howell, isn't that high. And you know what I don't care about at the tight end position? If your name's not Travis Kelsey, I don't care about your ceiling. It doesn't matter because nobody has a ceiling. It's just a thing here at the tight end position. If you can give me consistent looks and or a red zone target here and there, that's enough to get there. I mean, we're... Trey McBride's bursting into our top 10 now because of one good week. He's like a top, what? He's, he's got to be like tight end 15 for the year because he had one good game. So Logan Thomas, his ceiling isn't there. The floor is. That's enough for me at the tight end position. Give me Logan Thomas as a top 12 guy the rest of the way. Tight end 10 currently and has seen 26 targets over the last four games. And he's had a couple weird games where we got knocked out of one game with a concussion against the Denver Broncos on a play where he scored a touchdown. He scored, so. Yeah. Yeah, he scored on it, so I don't know how he held on to that. But, you know, interesting name for Logan Thomas, uh, one that had some success in the past, had a down year last year, and has certainly kind of popped back on the radar with some, you know, middling performances, but he's seeing consistent volume in the passing game. Uh, Lauren, who's your number one tight end to buy heading into week number nine? Yeah, allow me to explain myself on this one because my number one tight end to buy is probably not possible, and it's Sam Laporta. Now, let me just throw this out there, okay? So when we're drafting, we always want to, you know, throw some little darts at the end of the drafts, right? We'll sure. do a rookie wide receiver, maybe take a shot on a tight end if it paid off for you. Then you got Sam Laporta and everything was great, but I highly doubt that Sam Laporta is your only tight end. There might be a better tight end that is already on your roster. So if there is... You have the chance to move Sam Laporta for some pretty awesome stuff. Now, I know we're on the other side of this argument, so let me be the one who buys Sam Laporta. So if you are, we're doing buying, right? Yes. If you're buying Sam Laporta, you are going to have to give up a lot of pieces to do that. However, you can do a quantity situation here on players that are middling, that you're not really quite sure if you want to play them in your flex, but have really high upside, but bust opportunity as well in order to get someone like Sam Laporta who is be consistent, who will be consistent at the tight end position, which is a dumpster fire. And I think you do have to spend up a little bit in order to get 
a solid tight end, but we do that in the draft with tight ends anyway, right? Unless we wait mm-hmm. until the very end. So I think it's one of those rare positions or the only position, in my opinion, that you really do kind of need to spend up. But once you got a good tight end that you know is going to score you points week in and week out is one of Jared Goff's favorite targets ever for the Lions besides, you know, like, I don't even want to talk about it. The Lions are just giving me heartburn because our terrible loss two weeks ago. Anyway, Sam Laporta, try to buy him if you can. You will have to spend up, but you will not be sorry for it because it is the tight end position, as I said, dumpster fire. So go after Sam Laporta if you can. And it's interesting with fantasy managers now having to already put Sam Laporta on their bench because the Detroit Lions are on a bye this week. So they may be apt a little bit more to part ways with a player that's not going to be in their lineup this week yes, if they need to win. So definitely try to target a pl- target a team if they are below 500 in your fantasy league that has Sam Laporta. Try to give them a piece. You'll have a tight end one for the remainder of the season heading down into the fantasy playoffs, which is exactly where you want to be. Speaking of where we want to be, we saw a big performance from a couple quarterbacks, but one made the list on this show outline. So I'm going to throw it over to Soppy to begin the argument. And Lauren, you can finish it up. Who's the number one quarterback to sell heading into week nine? Yeah, I mean, I think this one's pretty clear here. Dak Prescott, for me, consecutive top fives, whoop-de-doo. It's not going to happen again. I mean, my guy wasn't a top 15 quarterback entering this stretch. I don't think he's going to be a top 15 quarterback exiting this stretch. Nothing but elite offenses when it matters most for the Cowboys during the fantasy playoffs. You've got the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions. You know what they're going to want to do? They're going to want to hold on to the ball. They're not going to want to put it in Dak Prescott's hand. This is very correlated to my Tony Pollard speech earlier. So I'll keep it short and let Lauren have her piece on this. But Dak Prescott, to me, the upside isn't there to keep doing what he's done over the last two weeks. The name value is the team, America's team, all that good stuff. Move on. You're literally just brought up everything I was going to say, including how terrible the fantasy playoff schedule is for the Cowboys. So it's really bad. It's really bad. So I 100% agree with you. I can't really add anything else because you just nailed it. So yes, absolutely. Go ahead and capitalize off of all of this amazingness that we have from Dak Prescott and don't put yourself into this place of a churning belly week in and week out. We'll see what he does against the Philadelphia Eagles that just gave up a monster performance to Sam Howell and company. But Dak Prescott certainly has been volatile. Good recently, very good recently, but certainly presents a a window. Maybe even a team that just lost Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. You know, try to see what you can get for Dak Prescott uh, right now as uh, wise advice. Speaking of wise advice, Sapi, who's your number one tight end to sell heading into week nine? And I get that we're chasing our tails at the tight end position. So David Njoku, he scored. Like, go get him. Uh, No, I'm not there yet. I'm not banking on this passing game if I don't have to. He looked worse with Deshaun Watson in there than any of the backups. So if Watson's back, that's one more concern for me on Njoku. I mean, over the last two weeks, we're looking at a 53% catch rate. And he's producing. So that means he's just been remarkably efficient with the few catches he has gotten. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying this Cleveland passing game at all. They want to run the ball. They want to play defense and win games that way. They don't want Nijoku to produce. If he's producing, they're in a tough spot. To me, that's not the profile I want out of any starter, let alone the tight end position. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, it's hard to right now with any stability under center, which there has been no stability with the Cleveland Browns. We don't even know if we're going to see Deshaun Watson and and not to mention Kevin Stavansky is a little bit hesitant to even commit to P.J. Walker still being the starting quarterback. So we might get Dorian Thompson Robinson to get off of David (laughs) Njoku right now is what I'm trying to say. Lauren, number one tight end to sell heading into week nine. 
I'm going to go with George Kittle. Um, I know he had a monster okay. performance. It was over 14 fantasy points, I believe. Yeah, almost 15. And in week five, he had a monster performance against Dallas at almost 25 fantasy points. So you can kind of use that to move Kittle. And the reason I'm saying this is San Francisco 49ers haven't quite looked themselves, but that in itself doesn't necessarily bother me. It's Debo Samuel returning, which mm-hmm. really bothers me for George Kittle. So I would say the word of the the show, besides caveat and capitalize, lots of C's flying around there, um, move, move, move George Kittle and name value and value alone, as well as how real thin uh, this position is. I think you should move on from George Kittle and try to get what you can in return. Um, maybe try to target Sam Laporta. Ooh, yeah, the, the splits are very interesting. Uh, when Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk are all in the lineup uh, for George Kittle, there's games where he just disappears and not a focal point of the passing attack. And Brock Purdy has, you know, not turned back into a pumpkin quite yet, but certainly has started to show so his turn into a pumpkin, Derek. He has not yet. No, I no will, but you I, don't I, turn I, back into a pumpkin. You don't go from a no. pumpkin to a human to back to a pumpkin. You do no, all no, no, that. No, no, no. The pumpkin to the chariot. Whoa. Okay. Want a Disney princess and stuff here, Stoppy. It's Cinderella. I, so the pumpkin gets uh, turned into the beautiful Cinderella chariot. And then at the stroke of midnight, the chariot turns back into back the into, pumpkin. Okay. I've got I, you, Derek. Thank I understood you. it Listen. as a back into a pumpkin situation like you were great and now you, i didn't realize that there was a lead into the pumpkin i w- used to work for disney not a big movie guy so this not a surprise that i would stumble <laughs> over that <laughs> I, Sorry, love, I love disney movies and i hate going to disney so i'm i feel right, this okay. i feel this you know bipolar situation we've got going on now you see the struggle with being able to make movie references with Soppy sometimes. Oh, that is, yeah. It must be tough. It must be tough. So before we wrap things up here, Lauren, what do you have going on that people need to know about and uh, where they can find you and follow you on social media? Absolutely. So you can find me over at FTN Fantasy. And if you want to sign up there, you can use my promo code SML. That's short for Stepmom Lauren. Uh, you get, I think, 20% off discount. Helps you. Helps me. You can also catch me on SiriusXM every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. with Jake Seeley and Chris Meany on the FTN Fantasy Show. That is 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Channel 87. And I'm also with Jake Seeley on the All In Football podcast over on the FTN YouTube channel called all in football, FTN. You can find us every Monday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Couldn't have said it any better. And Lauren is one of my favorite people in all of the fantasy football industry. So oh. please, please, please check out her content. She is fantastic. No, at Stepmom Lauren. Yes, find me there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On X, formerly known as Twitter, it's getting me, uh, you know, kind of tripped up sometimes. Kyle Soppy, speaking of which, you can find him over on X at Kyle Soppy PFN. I am Derek Tate. You can find me at Derek Tate NFL over on X, formerly known as Twitter. Also, if you have not yet done so, go ahead and hit the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our content that we are pumping out here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel for the 2023 season, week nine and beyond. I'm Another movie reference almost got out there. But also, if you're tuning in via podcast, go ahead and subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. This has been an absolutely fantastic and fun podcast. If you are listening up, Happy Halloween for Lauren Carpenter and Kyle Soppy. I'm Derek Tate, and until next time, later, says the tater. <laughs>